Welcome to A Flame with Love for Christ, homilies and talks to set your heart on fire with love for Jesus Christ. Today's topic is to talk about our Christian identity. My name is Father Joseph Gill, a priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut. Many years ago, there was a young man who had dreams to be someone special. He wanted to find his identity. He was searching for who he was. And so in high school, he played football, and he hoped that was going to be his career. He's a good player, but he was not drafted. He actually wasn't even given any college scholarship. And so he thought, well, that goes out the window. So then he said, you know what? I'm going to join the special forces. That's going to be my identity. I'm going to be a military man. He joined the special forces, but tragically got injured and spent the rest of his military career behind a desk. And he said, well, that's not good. That's not who I am. So who am I going to be? So finally, he got a job working at Las Vegas casinos in the real, and then started getting into real estate over in Las Vegas. He started to make money, lots of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. And it got to the point where he was invited to the right parties. And because he went to these right parties, some of the people there seemed to know their identity. And some of their identities were not so good. So one of the ladies who was there one time kind of uh, invited him to try a little line of white powder, which of course was cocaine. He sniffed it and immediately got hooked. And so he began using all of this great wealth for his drug habits. He, he ended up uh, going deeper and deeper into drugs until several years later, he was completely homeless, absolutely on the streets, destitute. For several years, he remained homeless until one day his mother not really knowing where he was, sent a note to a P.O. box, just basically with a, with a little holy card of Mary, with a ha- the Hail Mary on the back, and said, My dear son, please pray this prayer, this Hail Mary, once a day, and if you do that, Our Lady will protect you. And so he started to do that. He had nothing to lose. So once a day, he would pray the Hail Mary. And because of that, he said, You know what? My mom really does love me. She really does care for me. Even though I have failed and I've not found my identity, I'm going to go back, go back home, be with mom. And so he hopped the next Greyhound bus, traveled to his hometown, and was reconciled with his mother. But he was still kind of questioning, well, what is my identity? Why am I here on this earth? And it was through that Hail Mary that he prayed once a day that he felt drawn after quite a while to go back to confession. And he went to confession to a priest and just really laid it all out. The drugs, the the sex, everything that he had done, he laid it out in front of that priest. And the priest absolved him and he walked out and he knew what his identity was. He was going to seek Christ. And in doing so, in really truly following the Lord, he discerned that God was calling him to the priesthood, and he's now an ordained priest. His name is Father John Carapi, who's still a good priest uh, and living a life of humility and seclusion at this point. But what a great grace of this man who was seeking his identity in a thousand different things and could only find it when he turned to Christ. It's often said that, you know, the first time a baby recognizes that it's an individual is when it sees its reflection in its mother's eyes. And how perfect that is for a Christian as well. When we see our reflection in our lady's eyes, or we look to our Lord and see our reflection in him, that's who we know, well, how we know who we are. Because every human being on this earth has a desire to know that they are special, that they're unique, that they are uniquely, personally, passionately loved by the Lord. We're not just an accident. We're not just anonymous. And so today, let's talk about what does Scripture say about our identity? Who are we in Christ? I want to mention six Scripture verses that talk about our identity and see how that can teach us what it means to be human, what it means to be alive, what it means to be a follower of Christ. So the first Scripture verse, Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. This is the first fundamental place we have to start when we look at our identity. We are created in the image and likeness of God. 
Well, actually, let me back up. We're created in the image of God. We must now become into his likeness. You see, the two are different. Adam and Eve were created both in the image and in the likeness, but we are created only in the image because the likeness has been sullied because of original sin. I think a good analogy of that is you ever seen like two pennies, you know, you got a shiny penny and you got one that's really dirty and dingy and you could just kind of barely make out the image of Abraham Lincoln. Now, both of them have the same image on it, right? It's Abraham Lincoln, but one of them is a greater likeness to Abraham Lincoln than the other. One of them, the image of Abraham Lincoln is kind of obscured, it's, or the likeness is obscured, it's hard to see. And so in the same way, every human being is created in the image of God. What that means is that we have the capacity to do what God does. We have the capacity to be like God insofar as we have an intellect and a free will. We have a soul. That spiritual nature is like God. We have the ability to know things deeply. We have the ability to choose freely to love. Those two elements make us like God. However, some people use that intellect and free will well, and some people use it poorly. You know, we can corrupt our intellect by starting to believe falsehoods and errors. We can corrupt our free will by choosing to be enslaved by sin. Conversely, we can use our intellect to know God, and we can use our will to love him. And so it's really kind of the goal of all Christians to not only be in the image of God, which all of us are, but also to be in the likeness of God, to live like him, to love like him. You know, it's, uh, one of the early church fathers once said, a Christian is another Christ. A Christian is another Christ. And that's the goal, is for us as Christians to be not only in the image of God, but his likeness as well, following in his footsteps. A second uh, great scripture verse that kind of reveals who we are is 2 Corinthians 5.17. It said, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And I love that quote because in Christ we are made new. You know, all of us perhaps have struggled with a past. In fact, there's that great saying, every sinner has a past, every saint has had a past, and every sinner has a future. So even you look at some of the greatest saints who had strayed, and when they came back to Christ, they were not defined by their sinfulness. They were not defined by their past. A great example from scripture is Zacchaeus. It's a wonderful story. How you know Zacchaeus was that tax collector that climbed a tree because he was short and he wanted to see Jesus. And Jesus passes by and says, you know, Zacchaeus, come down and must stay at your house today. And what did the people say? Well, the people said, he has gone to be at the house of a sinner. So they're still identifying Zacchaeus with his sin. But is that how Jesus identifies him? Is that how Jesus looks at him and says, yeah, you did all these wrong things? No. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. So he's reaffirming his dignity. He's saying that because of his faith, not only in God, but also in Jesus Christ, because of his faith, his sins are remembered no more. His sins are forgiven, and he has made that new creation. He's not identified by his sin. He's identified by the Lord and his great love. I don't know about you, but I've done many things that I've, re I've regret. And it kind of, it's kind of a struggle sometimes because we think, oh man, that's, that's who I am. It's not who you are. I mean, we remember Dismas, you know, that great saint who was the thief, who was hung, hanging upon the cross, and he was the first person to be allowed into heaven, according to scripture. This day you'll be with me in paradise, said our Lord. What an amazing thought. This sinner, this person who was being crucified because he was guilty of a crime, is now a saint in heaven. And I guarantee in heaven he's not known as the good thief. He's known as Saint Dismas because his sin has not followed him there. You know, a lot of us, 
feel like we need to be made new. You know, maybe, maybe we've gotten an identity that we, we, we're kind of hard to shake. You know, maybe we're that, the bad kid. Maybe we're the weird, weird guy. Maybe we're the, the liar, the cheat, the lustful person. Maybe we've got ADD or whatever we struggle with. But the truth is, we are not that in the eyes of God. We are a new creation in Christ, if our faith is in Christ. A third scripture passage that strikes me so deeply is Jeremiah 1.5. Jeremiah, the Lord is speaking to Jeremiah and says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I love this so much because, you know, I hear these horror stories of parents who tell their kids, Oh yeah, you were an accident. In the eyes of God, there is no such thing as an accident. In fact, listen to the words of Pope Benedict XVI. He said, We are not some casual and meaningless product of evolution. Each of us is a result of the thought of God. Each of us is willed. Each of us is loved. Each of us is necessary. What a beautiful thought that we're not just random chance. This is not just a a random product of evolution. You and I are here because we are loved by God. He created us for a specific purpose, and that purpose is our sanctification and the sanctification of the world. All right, our next scripture verse is 1 John 3.1, and he says this, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. We are adopted children of God. That should really blow our minds, you know, because a lot of times we kind of carry the burden of our family. You know, hopefully your parents have been good and, and holy, but a lot of times we have parents who struggle, maybe a dad who's an alcoholic or a mom who's left the family or whatever it is, and we kind of think, well, that's, that's who I am. I'm just a chip off the old block. But the truth is, no, in Christ, you are a son of the Heavenly Father. You are a daughter of the Most High, which means that you're a prince or a princess if our Father is the King. You know, kids should want to be like their parents. I remember growing up, uh, my dad gave me a, uh, my dad was really into like construction and that was his hobby. And he gave me a toolbox for my 15th birthday. And I remember kind of looking at him and being like, what in the world is this all about? Because I had no interest whatsoever in construction. That was definitely not my passion. But it was natural for my dad to want to pass on his love to his children, his passions to his children. In the same way, God the Father wants to pass on his love. He wants to pass on his passions to his children. And he wants us to become like him. And that means that we start to develop his virtues. We start to be kind, patient, courageous, pure, holy, humble, uh, you know, in having every other virtue much like our Heavenly Father. We're, as they say, you know, chip off the old block, but we must develop that within ourselves to be like the Father. Let's go to the, the fifth one, Colossians 3.3. 3. St. Paul writes, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. A lot of times people ask priests why they wear black, and the answer is we wear black because we're dead to the world. Black is, of course, the symbol of funerals and mourning, and we wear black to symbolize that the world is dead to us. We have no interest in the pleasures of this world, but rather our interests lie in heaven. And that's the same way really with every Christian, is that we no longer live here on this earth. We are meant to live for heaven, which means that the things, the pleasures of this earth should not be our primary goal. You know, I mean, think about what would it be like if, you know, the Prince of England started eating out of a dumpster? You'd say, that's, that's not fitting for you. You know, you are, you are made for more than that. Go to Buckingham Palace, have a nice meal. What would it be like if, you know, a rich and famous person, a famous, uh, you know, musician or actor starts shopping for their clothes at Walmart? You would say, wait a second, can't you afford anything and you're shopping here at Walmart? Because there's something kind of unfitting about somebody that has a greater dignity kind of stooping to the level of the common. 
And that's the same way really with us as Christians. We have such a dignity because our life is hidden with Christ in God in heaven. And so we shouldn't return to the pleasures of this earth and desire the money and the popularity and and the fame and the pleasures here, but rather set our hearts where our life truly is, which is with Christ in heaven. Finally, a last one, last scripture verse is Ephesians 2.19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Not too long ago, uh, in, my, in, in the community where I, where I live, there was a very tragic uh, event that happened it's, as a couple lost one of their young children to a very tragic accident. But what amazed me about the whole situation is how the community really came together. We had a prayer service with 100 people, and the night before there was another prayer service with a different 100 people. And there was such a meal train that I think they had like six months worth of food given to them. And it, it strikes me that we are not just alone in this. It's not just in me and Jesus, but we now belong to the body of Christ. We're not strangers and aliens. We have a home. We have a family. That family is the family of God, and we can live in and through them. You know, there's this beautiful line from the book of Revelation where John is having this vision, and he's having the vision of a, a multitude it's so great that no one can even count the number from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And these are all the people that are saved. And what amazes me is that in John's vision, you and I are there. You know, if we are saved, if we go to heaven, that means that John had a vision of us. We're in the Bible because we have that home. We are going to be surrounded by the family and friends that perhaps we never knew, but the people who loved Christ passionately, who are the body of Christ, even living here on this earth in the church. So my friends, this is who we were created to be. This is our identity. But the question is, will you embrace it? You know, it's so interesting right now that in the royal family in England, there's one prince who is embracing his dignity, and there's another prince who has kind of forsaken that. Prince, Harry, prince William embraces it, knowing that he's uh, in the line for succession, but Prince Harry, the younger of the two, said, I don't want to be a part of the royal family anymore, and he left. And this, unfortunately, is what a lot of Christians do. They say, okay, you know, that's great that that's my identity, but I'd rather live in this world. I'd rather be known as the athlete, the accountant. I'd rather be known as this person or that person, the funny one or or the, the smart one. And that's our identity when the true identity that we should all have is that we belong to Christ. The true identity that we have is that we have died and our life is hidden with Christ in God, that we're a member of a new family, that we are redeemed, that we are an adopted son or daughter of the Most High God. These are the things that we should ground our life upon, because everything else can be taken away. We could lose our athletic talent. We could lose our job. And all of a sudden, we'd feel bereft. We'd say, well, who am I anymore? Well, the one thing we can never lose is our faith in Christ and God's love for us. And so if we ground our life on that and that alone, we're going to find the happiness and the identity that all of us are searching for. <laughs>